The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Amen. Tonight we are going to talk about one on one with God. One on one with God. And to start with, we will go to the beginning. At the beginning, let us look at Genesis 1 from 27. It says, God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them. That's very interesting because God could have left them on their own. They could just have been talking to each other and procreating and all that. But God said unto them, if God said unto them, do you think it is normal if God doesn't say unto you? Consider that for a moment. God said unto them. Go and check other religions. They talk about mediums. They talk about spirits. They talk about angels <coughs> speaking to them and revealing things to them. Did you ever hear any of them say God spoke to them? Check it. Even Muhammad, the angel that spoke to him, Muhammad believed that angel was Gabriel. Of course, we know it's not Gabriel. We know Gabriel and the things that Gabriel says. But Muhammad dare not say God spoke to him. But Adam and Eve, the first thing that happened, God spoke to them. After blessing them, he said, Be fruitful, multiply, Refill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over all these things here. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which the tree, the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. Have dominion, I have given you these things, and to every beast of the field, 
to everything that creeps. I have given every herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now, listen, watch this very carefully. No commandment was given to them. No commandment was given to them. It was just communication. God simply communicated to them. It was God that planted the garden. It was God that made them. It was God that made everything. And he gave them working instructions. Listen, God does not want any of us perplexed or confused or unsure. He does not want it. As it is written, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Many times we do not prosper in the knowledge of the will and things of God because we are not sure, we don't know it thoroughly, that God wants us enlightened. That's what he wants. He told them, you see all these things here? You can eat them. At that time, by the way, if you check it properly, man was vegetarian. The food of man was supposed to be the seeds and all those things. So the same thing for the animals, the lions, the carnivores. There were no carnivores. It was just seed and plants, if you check that place well. So God gave the instructions because disorder, chaos, confusion, eh? are of no benefit to anybody, and God is never the author of confusion. Amen? I pray that by the time we finish, you will be able to stand in the presence of God and start dissipating any points of confusion in your life. It's not the will and purpose of God. And it is within the ability of God also to bring clarity to you. Amen? Okay, so there was no commandment. It was communication. From the perspective of man, it was all listening and learning from God. Okay? But we must be careful to have an open and willing heart. It can affect the answer you get from God. God may give you what is not his best if he sees your stubborn disposition? Let us look at Matthew 19, 7 to 8. Here, they say unto him, they, they said to Jesus, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning, it was not so. From the beginning, it was not so. 
Another problem we have is that many times we go to God already predetermined what we want. We now want God to endorse it. That won't work. When God saw the hardness of their hearts, he then permitted them to do what he did not want them to do. From the beginning, it was not so. So it's good to go to the beginnings to get a solid foundation to build on. Jeremiah 6.16 tells us, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its paths and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. When we go into the presence of God, we should come, first of all, submitted. Okay? It is not new. You know, God does not force you to do what he wants. And when you are too fixated on what you want your time in the presence of God will not be fruitful. And you may not be able to discern the will of God. But so for this reason, Colossians 1.9, it is prayed like this. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. There is a major error in modern-day Christianity. That is the error of you sitting down to decide what you consider to be success. Now, you now want to bully God, calling it faith. You want to bully God to make things work the exact way you want for your own self-aggrandizement in the emptiness of your own fleshly desires, and you call it faith. It won't work. Nobody can bully God. Nobody can bully God. You should be ready to drink the cup that God will give you to drink. Was Jesus ready to do that? Was he? Amen. So, we went to the beginning, and next thing now, we will go to the first human being that was born. Who is that? Who was the first human being to be born? Cain. Who was the first murderer? Who? Okay. Who was the first recorded to have brought a gift, an offering, and a sacrifice to God? Who taught Cain to do that? Cain was a patriarch in his own right. He was not an ignoramus. He was an original person. He was interested in God. 
He cared about God. He was the first that was recorded to have brought a gift and an offering to God out of his income. There was no law requiring him to do it. One would wonder, what would God do with what Cain brought? Would God eat it? Because he was a farmer. He brought food stuff. Would God eat it? Okay. Abel brought an animal. Would God eat it? Huh? Whatever you do for God does not increase or decrease God. Is that clear? It does not increase or decrease God. It's an act of worship. It's an act of love. God looks at the motive. He looks at the quality. Okay? He looks at your heart. Okay? And he is at liberty to accept or reject what you bring. Whether you know it or not, it's a separate matter. But God is at liberty to accept or to reject whatever you bring. Is that clear to you? Amen? Who told Cain that God did not accept his offering and that God accepted the offering of Abel? So Cain was not spiritually a baby at all. Be careful about elevating knowledge above your heart and your character. You understand? There are many people who have a solid knowledge, head knowledge, even spirit knowledge. Eh? Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Charity is love. Love is the nature of God. The devil also has knowledge. It is love that he does not have. <laughs> Amen. The devil has knowledge. There are many people that are bamboozling people with knowledge. Cain had knowledge. Cain had revelation. Cain had insight. But Cain allowed his heart to be corrupted. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Amen? I know many people of God that I vastly respect their knowledge, but I cannot sit under them because I do not see the fruit. Okay? Amen. So, if you look at Cain, Genesis 4.3, in process of time it came to pass, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Okay? This was clearly a one-on-one with God. There was nobody involved in that approach of Cain to God. No other person was involved. Neither father, nor mother, nor brother, nor sister. It was Cain of his own volition that brought this thing to God. We have no record that his parents ever brought such an offering. 
Taking the initiative to approach God and offer sacrifices is no guarantee that you are right with God. It is no guarantee that you are right with God. Somebody came to do a test in my office last week. And then I asked, are you a youth copper or you finish your youth service? She said, I excuse myself from the youth service. Oh, oh, you excuse yourself? How did you manage to do that? Well, um, I, I had a, a, a program to do at that time, so I excused myself. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. What kind of program could that be that will make you excuse yourself? Oh, we had some um, Bible school stuff, and uh, um, that stuff was still going on, and uh, some pastoral training. I said, ah, so you are now a pastor. Well, not exactly, but uh, I finished uh, the training. I said, okay, that's very interesting. Okay, so they went and gave her the test, and the girl cheated big time. <laughs> cheated big time. Yeah? So, when I say big, I cheated big time, I, do, I don't want to go into details, but not when I say big time, I mean big time. It was not a, a it was, a, okay, let, 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 let me just tell you how bad it was. See, because we don't let people take the full test until they have passed the first few, okay? They were to take three sections. The manager wrote the three sections she should take. She looked at the stuff like this. Ah! One of the sections, <laughs> because it, I don't like this section. She now, she noticed that the manager closed early that day, because he had to take his wife somewhere. Then she now rewrote what the manager had written and put a different test from the one that she was given to do. She now painted it as if that was what the manager had written. But her ink was slightly different. So when the man wanted to mark it, he said, ah, wait a minute. Um, why did you paint it? He said, that's what he wrote, and she just made it clearer. It was a complete lie. She knew. It was because she knew. And she knew that the manager told the guy, you mark it. Told another person, you mark it. She didn't know that we didn't choose at random. <laughs> Those were always the three that we write. And this is somebody that had just finished pastoral training. She looks intelligent. So if we started talking spiritual things, she would start ramming. Blah, 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 blah. Empty. Empty. She may have a very good private time with God. She may have a habit of praying for one hour and staying in the presence of God. It doesn't work like that. Cain had that problem. Balaam had that problem. Balaam was one of the most accurate prophets. Remember? The guy often used to praise himself. Oh, the man that had his eyes open, seeing the visions of the Most High. Oh, talking about himself. Oh. 
And he was correct. The man was solid. But the man loved the wages of uh, unrighteousness. Do you know who told him to go? Do you know who told Balaam to go with those people? Do you know? I, many of you don't know the story. If you know the story of Balaam, raise up your hand. Raise up your hand if you know the story of Balaam. Okay, if you don't know the story of Balaam, raise up your hand. Raise up very well. Raise up very well, quickly. Okay, where, where? I'll tell you very briefly. Balaam was a prophet who was not an Israelite, but he was a prophet of God, and everybody knew that he had power with God. He was hired by Balak, the king, to come and curse Israel, who had just come out of Egypt and were entering the land of Canaan. Okay? And Balaam said, I will only do what God says I should do. And I will only say to you what God says I should stay, say. So each time, after offering a lot of animals, Balaam would open his eyes. <laughs> and God would show him the blessing of Israel. And Balaam would prophesy and bless Israel. And then that was frustrating the king. The king said, you know, you are keeping yourself away from wealth. If you do this cursing for me, you know how rich you will get. And Balaam kept harassing God. Should I go? 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 When the wala was too much, God said, go! Go, go! Then what did God do after that? What did God do after that? God sent an angel to kill him because he went. Can you beat that? Who told him to go? Who told him to go? Who that wanted to kill him? For what? For going. Exactly. Be very careful. Be very, very careful. So, you know God, you hear from God, does not necessarily change your heart. I want you to first of all decide that you will be like God. I want you to first of all decide that you will seek the will of God and that that is what you will do. If you do not, you cannot prosper in the presence of God. I want to remind you that Jesus said that many will say, I cast out devils in your name, I heal the sick in your name, I raise the dead in your name, and then he will say to that person, what? What will he say? What will he say? Huh? He said, I don't know you. Depart from me. You workers of iniquity. He said, I don't know you. I don't know you. May that not be your lot in the name of Jesus. There are Christians that are doing unprintable things. 
and they think it doesn't matter. They think the blood of Jesus covers every unprintable thing, and they continue to do those unprintable things. You're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. Repentance means turning away. It was Jesus that said many people will perform miracles in his name and will be turned into hell. I told you somebody, I told you about somebody close to me who actually went to hell. Eh? And I knew he went to hell. And we prayed for him. And God sent him back from hell. And after coming back from hell, months after that, I led him to Christ. And I began to pray with him and for him. And I heard him speaking in tongues. So I said, did that just come back? And I discovered that all the years of his backsliding, he never lost the ability to speak in tongues. He himself confirmed to me that he never stopped speaking in tongues from the 1930s. When he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. From the 1930s until this thing happened in the 1980s. That's about 50 years. He was permanently able to speak in tongues. And he went to hell. Amen? But that discovery made me understand why he was not afraid of Juju people. Because he was never afraid of Juju people. He was not afraid of them. He was not afraid of people that had spiritual power. Because that seed was still in him. And he knew the ultimate power was in God. So he had knowledge, but he had backslided. Anna said, but I never heard you speak in tongues. He said, me too, I never heard you speak in tongues. Which was true. He said whenever he was in serious trouble or really needed to pray, he would pray in tongues, he never lost it. That was an eye-opener to me. Because I assumed that he lost the ability to speak in tongues. That was my own assumption. It didn't happen. The gifts and calling of God are without what? They are without repentance. If you think you are doing well and you are prospering in your disobedience, watch it. God is not mocked. The Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also... That's the truth. We are not saved by work, so. But we cannot mock God. Amen. Fine. So, um, look at the first person that God preached to was the same king. In Genesis 4, uh, 3 to 7, when it was fine for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. 
Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Who else was there? There was God, there was Cain. Who else was there when this thing took place? Answer me. Who else was there? Huh? Who? She says, Abel. Who? Nobody. There was nobody. God came to Cain and asked him, why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? Okay? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. That was the first preaching. It was the first preaching against sin. And he was taught properly. There was no ambiguity. God spoke to him clearly and conversationally. It is God's plan and will and purpose to speak to you clearly and conversationally. It is up to you to make yourself available for that. Is that clear? You have to make yourself available. Did Cain do what was right? God said that you will be accepted if you do what is right. That's what God said. You will be accepted if you do what is right. Did he subdue a master sin? No. How wise was he? Did killing his brother solve the problem that God did not accept his sacrifice? Amen. So, to obey is better than sacrifice. 1 Samuel 15, 22. To obey is better than sacrifice. Okay? There are two things we want to achieve today, okay? We want to make sure that you position yourself properly to know the will of God, okay? Then we also want you to be able to develop a prosperous one-on-one walk with God. So we are establishing the foundation that this is an ancient matter, even for people that were not in Christ. Is that clear? Okay? And I'm saying there's no point aspiring to spend time in the presence of God when you have prepared your heart to disobey what God wants or you are trying to force God to give you what he wants, what you want. Okay? Fine. So, 1 Samuel 15, 22. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice 
and to hearken than the fat of rams. So one of the two things I want you to ensure today is that you speak to yourself and shake yourself and be ready to obey whatever God will lead you to do. Because many things that God will lead you to do, you will not enjoy it. And it will be different from what you want. Is that clear? Is that clear? Peter was an oldish man. He was probably in his 50s or 60s when Jesus was 30. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Who is he? The the dead carpenter's son. Yes? Socially, that's who he was. His father had died. Did you notice that by the time that Jesus was, by the time Jesus started his ministry, Joseph had died long ago. You notice that? The last mention of Joseph was when he was 12 years old. Who is hearing this for the first time? Raise up your hand. Raise up your hand very well. Ah, many of you are hearing for the first time. By the time Jesus started his ministry, Joseph had long died. Pata, pata. In fact, when they were trying to say, ah, uh-uh, is this not this and this? They say, ah, is this not the son of Mary? Are his brothers and sisters not with us here? No mention of Joseph anymore. So this uh, middle-aged man and this small boy, the dead carpenter's son, says, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. See? Do I want to sell men for money? I do my fishing for money. Who wants to fish for money? God is going to make demands on you that your flesh does not want. And unless you pass those tests, God does not proceed with you to the next stage. You you all passed through school, right? Did you notice that the people that are promoted to Form 2 are the people that failed the exam? Did you notice? Eh? Did you notice? What happens to somebody that got 000000000? 000 000 000 000 000 000? They will not give him double promotion, remember? From form one to form three. God Himself will test you. God sees your heart, He checks your heart. Sometimes, because your heart is not ready, your worship is not fruitful. Okay? Amen? Let me show you somebody that had another one-on-one with God. Somebody you know very well. You know the person? Eh? His name is called Satan and Lucifer. Eh? Job 1, 6 to 8. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said unto who? Unto who? Ha. Huh? <laughs> the Lord said unto Satan, Where are you coming from? Satan answered, from going to and fro in the earth. 
and from walking up and down in it. Okay? And the Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? And God boasted about Job. Note that you don't have to be physically alone to have a one-on-one -on -one with God. Okay? You can be in this congregation now. You can be worshipping and God can come and meet you alone. It's a one-on-one. -on -one. Is that clear? He can come and meet you alone. Okay? So, you can be right inside the lion's den. And God can come and meet you and sit with you there. You can be in prison and God can come and sit with you there and you can have a very, very personal time with God. Okay? Now, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom of God. You know why I'm telling you these things? Many people take certain things as a sign of God's approval. Ha! God said this to me. <laughs> and I saw this. <laughs> and it's actually true. Ha! <laughs> and people shake and clap for the person. <laughs> that guy, they see. <laughs> yeah, and then you want to be like him. Then you go to God. How come you are talking to this person more than me? Huh? Yeah, 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 talk to me now. Why? You want to talk to me? Because you want to use it to boast. Yes. So God is looking at you. Oh, yeah, Father, yeah, talk to me now. He's looking at you. Because you are not seeking his will. You are not seeking his way. You are not seeking his kingdom. You are seeking something to massage your ego with. You think he can't read it? your heart. Start with your heart. The devil has time in the presence of God too. And he hears God well. And he has power too. <laughs> Amen. I'm sure some of you are annoyed that I say the devil has some one-on-one -on -one with God, eh? <laughs> then, many of us are erroneously having a one-on-one -on -one with the devil. Let's start with the mother. Eve, Genesis 3. One to seven. Who really was Eve discussing with? Was she discussing with the serpent as an animal or she was discussing with the devil as a person? Was the serpent in a position to preserve its, prevent itself from being used by the devil? If not so, then it would be unfair for God to punish the serpent also because the serpent will be a hapless victim of the devil. What does this tell you? God does not accept this excuse of it's the devil that pushed me. Amen. Because the devil cannot push you behind your back. 
The devil cannot push you without your consent. It is MKO that said that uh, you cannot shave a man's head in his absence. <laughs> you can't shave a man's head in his absence. You can always prevent the devil from taking hold of you. God did not hold the serpent guiltless. The devil already had his own judgment. God now added the serpent's judgment. If you say it's the devil that pushed you, be sure of it, God will punish you. Because the devil cannot push you. You willingly succumb to the devil. Amen? Okay. So, did God punish the devil for what he did? The devil was already undergoing punishment. As at that time, he had been cast down from heaven. He had lost his kingdom. The kingdom now belonged to Adam. He now got the kingdom back from Adam to the disobedience of Adam and Eve. But the judgment that God pronounced on the serpent was also for the devil. There are two levels of that judgment. He said that the serpent will bruise your heel and you will bruise what? His head. There are two ways in which that is. Okay? Men always kill snakes even if they don't want it for food. If you see a snake in your house, what will you do? Eh? You kill it. If any man sees a snake anywhere, he will try to kill it. Okay? So that is the physical part of the thing. The spiritual part is that the seed of the woman, that is Christ, will bruise the head of the serpent, and that happened at Calvary. Amen? So in the judgment, the vessel that lent itself to the devil, was judged, and the devil himself was also judged. Is that clear? No stories from you that the devil did it, or the devil made me do it. Okay? Now, you know God called Abraham? We'll not go into the details of that. Um, but it is curious. How did God choose Abraham? mostly you will see that it was because of Abraham's heart and Abraham's faith. Abraham was a friend of God. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. But what I want us to look at is, um, I want us to take a close look at Moses. Okay? Now Moses took time out to check the burning bush, to inquire why that thing was burning like that. He wasn't in search of God or he was not looking for anything supernatural. God called for his attention and he paid attention not knowing that God was there. So, let's look at what Moses did. Okay? Exodus 33, 7 to 13. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. 
Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses, how? Face to face, as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. One day Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. You haven't told me who you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name, I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways. <coughs> Excuse me. So I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Notice, Moses was not looking for self-aggrandizement. He was not looking to make it. He was not looking for the honor of men. He said, show me your ways. Let me understand you more fully so that I'll be able to win your favor more. The focus of a fruitful one-on-one -on -one is God himself. Not you! It's not you! The person recorded to have spent the highest known time in the presence of God, praying and fasting, was Moses. Because we do not know whether it was 40 days and nights that Moses spent without eating, or 80 days and nights. Because you would remember that there is no record of his breaking when God said, go and see what your people are doing. And then he saw what they were doing. Eh? And he was very annoyed, broke the stuff and all that. Then he went back again for another 40. Even if he broke once, you have broken from God to do it again now. Can you do another 21 or 23 after that? Yes, so you break on Sunday. Can you do you understand? But what was Moses doing all this time? He was focusing on knowing God. It's very important. And he was receiving from God and he was writing down from God. That's the example I want you to study closely and get into. Secondly, 
He did not receive what he was looking for. Did anybody notice that? Eh? You didn't notice it. Let me tell you what he was looking for. I'm getting tired. This thing is too much. Who are you sending with me to carry this burden together with me? So he was looking for God to identify somebody he could put some of the load on. Check it well. And what was God's answer? Eh? I will personally go with you. God didn't give him another person. Amen. There are many assignments that God will give to you alone. He can give you helpers and supporters, but it is your own assignment. You understand? God has given several assignments like that before. He will say, see this person, make sure this does not happen to this person. A thing that I cannot prevent in the natural, God will say to me, make sure it does not happen to this person. What does that mean? I have to go and work on it spiritually. I have to go and work on it spiritually. There was a day I had a lot of work. And God kept me at home, say pray. You have to pray. And I prayed for hours, 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 hours. What was it? I was praying for somebody that the devil wanted to kill that day. And God said that person will not die that day. And the person is still alive. But I didn't know anything about it. But God stopped me from going to work. I didn't enjoy that too. Okay? And so some people will look lazy. Why is he sitting at home on a working day? Amen? Amen? And there have been times when God will raise people for me too. Ha ha ha. Yeah. If you, if you give, you will get. Give, and what will happen? It shall be given unto you. How? Good measure, eh? Press down, running over, shaking together. Shahu, men. It's the same way. It's the same way. Many of us are mighty to give to God because we want to do a business transaction. <laughs> that last person, when he gave to God, come and see what God gave. <laughs> yeah! Then out of your own greed and avarice, <laughs> you now bring to church. <laughs> no love, no worship for God, no seriousness about the gospel, nothing. It's you just want, <laughs> I want to deserve my own too. You may get no reward for it too. You may get no reward for it. <laughs> God loves a cheerful giver. Check your heart, check your heart, check your heart. Oh yeah, everybody, oh yeah, say to yourself, I will check my heart. Say, say, I will check my heart. Say, my heart, you won't get me into trouble. You won't make me lose my reward. Check your heart. Yeah, I forgot that side that I wanted to do. So, because you want 
God to give you something that you need. You now come and start giving to church. You now watch your brother have need and you pretend as if you can't see. Eh? And then you say you're a saint. Who is deceiving who? Who is deceiving who? Give to your brother that is in need. Give. It is not those that have that give. It is those that give that give. Amen? Because there is nobody that does not have anything. You can forgo your own food and give your food to somebody who can't eat. When you fasted, did you die? Eh, forgo your food now. So who says you don't have money, therefore you can't give him? Forgo your food. Yes? It's spiritual. In Acts 2, they sold their houses to feed the poor. They sold the house that they were living in. They sold their house. If somebody is in too much need, you can sell one of your cars. It's not a sin. It's not a sin. Check your heart. <laughs> Amen. Exodus 33, 18 to 23, Moses responded, show me your glorious presence. And God says, I will, make my good, I will make my goodness pass before you, but you may not look directly at my face. You see, this was a love affair purely between the man and God. That's what it is. Your time alone with God should be a love affair purely between you and God. God. Amen? Um, I will not be mentioning Paul. I have here about Paul. And I have about Jesus. Let me show you a few things about Jesus. Mark 1.35 And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. That was talking of a particular day. But generally, it will be his habit. Okay, John 5.30. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which sent me. Now, NLT puts it like this. I can do nothing of my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just, because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. Okay? Now, I'm sure many of us were expecting Razmata's methods of how you can enter into the presence of God and then you will now start seeing visions and then you will know everything clearly. Right? Yes? That's what we were expecting, right? But let me tell you, 
In fact, let me look for that particular scripture instead of just telling you. I hope I wrote that down that if, if you will know uh, hang on. Uh, okay, if I don't. Well, I can't find where I wrote it. That is that it says that. Uh, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether I speak of myself or whether it is from God. Do you understand? Eh? There is a link that many of us make, miss. And it's a key that I want you to have. Hmm? Your readiness to do the will of God opens the door for you to receive the knowledge of the will of God. Do you understand? Your readiness. Your readiness to obey. It is not just a desire to know so that you can feel spiritual. So you can feel that you have accomplished. So you can feel that you have grown spiritually. The first thing is you have to be ready to obey God. If you do not begin to obey him in the small things, there's no way you will obey him in the big things. Okay? If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. Okay? Now, I will round up by saying a few things that we get from the presence of God on what the presence of God is. Okay? The first place is that your time alone with God is a place of transformation and transfiguration. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The more time you spend in the presence of God, the more you become like God in character, in knowledge, in wisdom, in power. You know, sometimes I regret my inability to spend the kind of time I used to spend in my first few years of getting born again. And I say to myself, I hope I'm not uh, going backward, or I hope I'm going forward. Because I remember that at that time, if I was passing, 
You know, there used to be very mad, many mad people on the streets. They would just be going. They would be doing all kinds of things. Someone would be talking to me. Whenever I would come around, any madman misbehaving, they would just calm down, stop everything they are doing, and stay like that until I have passed. It was happening everywhere, every time. Okay? That meant there was something the spirits were seeing. These mad spirits and all that. There was something that they were seeing that kept them at bay. Uh, unfortunately, right now, <laughs> if I they pass like this, mad person they pass, in just they continue, they do, as in they do before, as if nothing happened. I say, oh boy, I hope I'm still spiritual. <laughs> but even if you are the Olympic champion, if you don't eat and you don't drink for 10 days, oh yeah, come and race. How many people know this guy? Hussein Bolt. Eh? Who knows Hussein Bolt here? Okay, who does not know Hussein Bolt? Raise up your hand if you don't know Hussein Bolt. Uh-huh. Okay. Hussein Bolt is the fastest man in the world now. He's a Jamaican. He's tall. Hussein Bolt will dust me any day. But if he does not eat or drink for 14 days, and then he say, let's do 100 meters. I'll beat him. I'll beat him. Your energy will not be there. Okay? In the presence of God, you draw energy. Okay? You draw energy. We all need energy. Your spiritual energy tends to wear off little by little. You need to renew it. Okay? So, the more we behold God's face, the more we are like that, like he is. Okay? Then, um, recharging your spiritual battery. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Okay? The time you spend in the presence of God is a waiting upon the Lord. It renews your strength. Okay? Um, I've told you this story before. I was very, very surprised that when somebody ran mad, the person ran raving mad. It was a very bad case of madness. And I was to pray for the person I traveled to go and minister to the person. And I sent to, for them to go and bring the person from the hostel. And while they went, God now spoke to me. God said, call her. I said, sir. He said, when those people come, send the girl back to the hostel. I said, ah. Why? I came here to minister to her now. He said, as you are now, you are not strong enough to deal with our case. So. As you did so. So you will spend tonight with me, I will, uh, <laughs> I will fortify you. Amen? Amen? So when they came back, I did just that. I said, you people take her back to the hostel, and I said, you devils, 
I forbid you from taking this girl anywhere and from making her unable to come here tomorrow. And I send them back to the hostel. And when I send them back to the hostel, I now stayed with God, with the word, and built muscles, built strength, built muscles. You, I was given specific word, word from the Bible to use to deal with the matter. Man, it was a very, very, very tough matter. But the girl got totally healed of that madness. Totally, totally, totally. But the important thing was this. I had no way of knowing that as I was, I was not strong enough to face it. Okay? Because what I believe was also right, that the power is of God. And the power of God is complete. Abi? I'm not using my own power, Abi. But the Bible says, this son shall follow them that believe. Eh? Jesus will cast out devils for them. Remember? What does the Bible say? They will cast out devils. So it matters how they are, how filled they are with power and with the Spirit. It is only Jesus that God did not give the Holy Ghost to by measure. Every one of us has the Holy Ghost by measure. Amen? Glory be to God. So, amen? So, at the end of the day, you will decide that you will Honor God regularly by presenting yourself before Him. Regularly. And when you present yourself before Him, hmm, you know the manner of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's worship. Thy kingdom come, number one prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, number two prayer. Your time in the presence of God, your first focus must be the kingdom of God. Number two must be the will of God. Both of them have to begin in you and with you from where they can radiate to the world. Is that clear? Your kingdom come, one. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Starting from in my life, my life, my life, my life, my life. Okay? How you will pay rent, pay school fees, and all that, they come down the ladder. Jesus assures you that God knows you have need of those things. <laughs> Amen. Glory be to God. Now, nobody can come to the presence of God except they are in Christ. So, is there anyone here that would like to give their life to Jesus so that they are in the house of God, capable of having a one-on-one -on -one with God? Anyone here? Just flash up your hand. Just flash up your hand. Amen. Now, 
Is there anyone here that wants to radically turn the quality of your time in the presence of God? You want to radically turn it and uh, you want, you will remain where you are, but you want me to pray for you that God himself will visit you and lead you in that journey to radically turn the quality and the result of your time in the presence of God. Just flash up your hand where you are. Just flash up your hand where you are. Okay, lift up that single hand. Lift it up very well to God. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you see these hands that are lifted up to you, Lord. Lord, you are the first to visit Adam and talk to him. You are the one, you are the first to visit Saul and talk to him and lead him. Father, lead these people into the depth of your presence in the name of Jesus. Send your power, send your anointing. Let the Holy Ghost come upon them mightily and transform the quality of their spiritual time and of their time in the presence of God. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.